Welcome, Warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadowloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadowloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page two of Secrets of Shadowloo. This is the credits page where a lot of important and beloved White Wolf creative types are credited uh, for a work that I assume they would rather forget. Quick shout out here to a friend of the show, Terry Robinson of Mage the Podcast. I know that you recently, as of this recording, interviewed some of these folks for Mage the Podcast, your very enjoyable Mage the Ascension podcast that I subscribe to. I wish, I, I so fervently wish that I had started this season and been able to contact you and had you ask some of these people about their work in this book. We've got Stephen Wick in here. We've got Bill Bridges. We've got Satiros Bricado. I cannot convey to any of you, dear listeners, how much I would have loved to be responsible for interrupting a serious interview about Mage the Ascension with some bullshit questions about Secret of Shadowloo. But alas, that opportunity escaped me, which means I'm left today with only speculation. What was the design process of this book? How did this fit into White Wolf's overall operation? How did these people feel about getting called over from the Mage the Ascension portion of the White Wolf offices, which I assume was just a vast array of beanbags and lava lamps enveloped in marijuana smoke? How did they feel about getting pulled over and told, hey, great work exploring the magical worldviews of global indigenous cultures. Now I'd like you to bang out five pages of flavor text about bullfighters who are also ninjas. Thanks. We don't have any of that. We don't have any of their, their feelings or opinions. All we have are the bare facts. And these are facts about Shadowloo. Because in addition to the usual credits, this book was written by Bill Bridges, Satiros Bricado, credited here as Phil Bricado, Brian Campbell, Sean Lang, Mike Tinney, and Stephen Wick. Uh, the art direction was by Richard Thomas. We've got some art credits here. John Bridges, Tony Harris, Jeff Rebner, Joshua Gabriel Timbrook, Jennifer Yu. We also have some special thanks here for playtesting Tourist Trap which is the adventure that comes later in this book. The playtesters for that adventure are credited by not only their real-life names, but the names of their characters. And those names appear later in the book in fictional interludes, which I take to mean that these credits are canonical. Whatever happened in that playtest, it is canon for Shadowloo. Your campaign's player characters, your campaign's pissant low-level street fighters, look, they're not the first ones to notice that Shadowloo has been operating a global criminal, terrorist, political, mystical conspiracy out in the open, whatever it is. What? Who the fuck knows what Shadowloo is? But whatever it is, your kung fu fighting ass is not the first one to notice it. The playtesters characters have been here before you. They've already tangled with Shadowloo. And we see references to them all through this book. So who were they? They are, I quote, Joshua Mookie Timbrook. So there's one, Mookie, Phil, Dr. Holocaust Brucato. Let's keep an open mind about Dr. Holocaust. <laughs> in a future supplement in the Street Fighter Player's Guide, there's a background called staff that allows you to hire professionals to back up your Street Fighter because they know how to fight, but they don't necessarily know how to do all the things you need to do to be a professional fighter, right? Like they need to hire drivers and ring doctors and all that stuff. And one of the things you can hire is a PR person. Dr. Holocaust should have hired a PR person because I am an exceptionally fair-minded individual. And that is the only reason you will hear me saying aloud the sentence, let's be open-minded about Dr. Holocaust. Moving on. Mike 
Sergeant Alex Stone Tinney. So that's number three, Sergeant Alex Stone. Brian Mindquake Campbell. Mindquake. Steve Maurice Jackson Wick. There's Maurice Jackson, who actually turned up in the core book. Doesn't appear in this book, I believe. And Bill Blanca Bridges. So Bill, we don't know what his attitude was toward working on this book, but we can guess by the fact that everybody else made Street Fighters for this Street Fighter game. And he clearly just opened the book and was like, I'm the green one. Let's go. So that's our complete party. This group working together assailed Shadaloo before this book takes place. Mookie, Dr. Holocaust, Sergeant Alex Stone, Mindquake, Maurice Jackson, and Blanca. Now, every one of these characters appears elsewhere, either in fiction in this book or, as with Maurice Jackson, in examples and fiction in the core book, except for Mindquake. That is the secret of Shadaloo for today's episode. Who is Mindquake? Truly, it's a mystery. There's very little we can know about Mindquake. I did check out Brian Campbell's Wikipedia page. It says, Brian Chainsaw Campbell is a greater Seattle area game developer, author, and editor who is credited with working in the role-playing game industry as far back as 1993. Brian's notable work includes Werewolf the Apocalypse, Mage the Ascension, Changeling the Dreaming, Ratkin, and other World of Darkness products for White Wolf, the D20 versions of Call of Cthulhu and Star Wars for Wizards of the Coast, indie games such as Spaceship Zero for Green Ronin, and Fading Suns for Holistic Design Incorporated, and a foray into board games that included Betrayal at House on the Hill from Avalon Hill. So big, big names there. Brian Campbell is no slouch. And that mention of the Ratkin interests me greatly because Ratkin is a weird-ass breed book from Werewolf the Apocalypse, and Brian Campbell was the main author. So I would love to know who Mindquake was. But for whatever reason... Mindquake was totally excised from this story. We hear about what Mookie is up to. We hear about Dr. Holocaust. Possibly, possibly we hear more about Dr. Holocaust than we would like, as we'll see going forward. We know Maurice Jackson's whole deal. No mention of Mindquake. None. Now, I wish I could solve this secret of Shadowloo for you, but number one, I can't. Number two, that is not my obligation under this format. I'm here to tell you about the secrets of Shadowloo, not to actually delve those secrets when no evidence is available, and Mindquake has been fully excised. Even in scenarios where other members of this group are mentioned as a team, his name isn't on the list. Let me give you some wild speculation. This is my best guess. We're two pages in, but I have a mastery of the material and a certain level of instinct about this sort of Street Fighter business, so let me just tell you what I think happened. Mindquake, I think he turned. I think Shadowloo got to Mindquake. He's a psychic, which, as we're going to see, is a major thing in this book. M. Bison has special abilities that could be characterized as psychic, and there are certain special maneuvers associated with his combat style that are sort of implied to be available mostly or only to people who are his direct students, which may mean that they're involved with the same kind of unique abilities he has. So I think Bison got Mindquake. I think this initial foray into Shadowloo territory was a disaster. I think we don't talk about Mindquake because he was seduced by the darkness. Maybe he was already psychic and got recruited. Maybe he found out that his psychic powers came from Bison in some way. But in any case, I think he turned on the rest of the group, and that is why he has been expunged from the records. Maybe he was a double agent to begin with. I don't know. Rats are sneaky. Brian Campbell wrote Ratkin. Brian Campbell played Mindquake. QED, Mindquake is not to be trusted. Or, secondary backup theory, Mindquake and or Brian Campbell preferred not 
to be mentioned in connection with Dr. Holocaust. That would be very understandable. Honestly, I've said his name a lot in this episode, and I'm thinking of re-recording it, so I would understand the impulse to distance yourself. In any case, Mindquake, wherever you are, an apprentice of Bison, a psychically shattered loner, wandering Bison's island nation, or an upstanding, scrupulous individual who chose to walk away from the walking marketing disaster that is Dr. Holocaust, wherever you are, I offer you my grudging respect. Already on page two, you represent a secret of Shadowloo that this podcaster cannot crack. Nonetheless, my quest to pierce the veil of Shadowloo continues. Join me next time as the table of contents gives me a color-coded roadmap to this world of secrets on MDC. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com slash view slash Revolution Void, or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Now get lost. You can't compare with my power. <laughs>